Hey everyone, welcome back to Wiki University, the podcast that combines comedy and learning, and it's summer session, so pretty light on the learning. I'm your professor, Kyle Berseth, and of course, as I am with every episode of WikiU, I'm joined by a student, not just any student, our number one student, top of the class, big man on campus, the only guy who enrolled for summer session, Hell Jason yeah. Nunez. Hell yeah, what's up everybody? Uh, yes, that is true, I'm a power top of the class, and uh, on this episode, thank you, well first off, how could I forget? First off, welcome back. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. I hope you have a good time. And for those of you coming back, don't forget to rate and review us on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. Yeah, and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Wiki University. You said the people that are, you know, if it's their first time listening, this is like, it's a great time to hop into WikiU. We're oh, yeah. not going to be learning too much. You don't have to retain everything. We're not going to be quizzing you on it. When you were a kid, now I know you, uh, your mom was a churchgoer. Oh, yeah. Now, did you ever go to new churches, like when you were traveling or out of town or somewhere else, and they would have the people that were new to the congregation stand up and be introduced like kind of no. be singled out no i would i would well first first off i would hate i would hate that oh it's the worst as a young kid i was very i was very shy when it came to an op like an open space like that i think it was maybe the high ceilings i was never comfortable mm. in church my mom went to church i did not go so often but i think i mentioned before i used to have a friend Oh, He's, good for you. Yeah, wow. yeah. Oh, oh, that's nice. And One then, friend. And then you came along. And you yeah. replaced him. <laughs> so, no, I used to have a friend who, at times, his family uh, were churchgoers, and I would go with them just because, like, I'm, I'm already, like, spending the night through the weekend with them, so it's like, I'm mm. not going to be rude and stay home. Yeah. Even at a young age, I knew, like, it's just, a serious yeah. thing. Like, I don't want to be a dick about it. This is who they are. This is who they are. I can't stop it, nor should I make them work around my needs or whatever, especially as a 10-year-old. But yeah. I would love a 10-year-old if they did have that attitude. Uh, as your guest, I'd actually prefer that we change things up this weekend. We're not going to church. Cancel the church. We're getting donuts. But please don't forget the body the body and blood of Christ. I would love if you can get, get it to go and bring it back to me. I would ask them <laughs> oh, that. Oh, you're yeah. asking them yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am kind of hungry, so if you guys don't stop by for lunch... Make sure you bring me a little bit of body. Yeah, I, I want that donut swished down with uh, swished down. Sure. What do you call that when you you know you uh, a palate, wash it wash it down a little sure. palate cleanser of Christ. Yes, yes. Uh, wine, right? Yeah, or the blood. It depends what phase you get it at. It depends what age you are, I guess. Right. Because mm, no. if you're eighteen and older, you can drink the wine. If you're eighteen and under, all blood for you. <laughs> oh, wow. Isn't that how it goes? That's pretty dark. Yeah. I'm, look, I'm yeah. just. No, I did. You're underage, <laughs> so you're drinking blood. Now, granted, I did mention before I was not the churchgoer, so mm. I'm not 100% familiar with all the, you know, um, accoutrements that they do. It's crazy that you nailed it, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. spot on. I'm not the only one that nailed it. Anyway, sometimes I would be visiting other churches and they'd have people stand up and. I don't know what was worse because every once in a while yeah. it'd be like a small Pennsylvania church, you know, like out at rural Pennsylvania, 50 people tops, little, yeah. little church. 
where everyone can practically touch you. But okay. I've also been to big ones where people yes. are where you're like just on an island among all these people sitting down anyway. Like a mega church? Uh never went to a mega church except the closest thing to a mega church I've done is our good friend, uh, maybe I should bleep his name. He wanted to go to something called Agape here in L.A. He used okay. to go when he lived in L.A. originally. Cool. And what kind of church is that? I would say it's more of a, they embrace spirituality. Okay, sounds very L.A. Yeah, very okay. L.A. But you're saying he used to go to this back east? No, he used oh. to go to it when he lived in L.A. the first time. Oh, I see. Okay. And he's like, Kyle, I, n I need a little refresher do you mind if we go to Agape? Yeah. He was my house guest at the time, and I felt like, well, I guess it's about what he's doing. <laughs> so we you went to along. Agape. Great. Okay, how was yeah. it? You know, it's it was like a lot of singing, which is nice. I like the... That's, I like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm for singing. I'm not for the boring chats, that the monologues that they have. If I don't have to sing... And people can just sing, great, great, whatever. I mean, I still don't want to be there, but great. Yeah. I mean, sure, it depends on who's singing. I would love to be there. Some of the greats came from For church sure. choirs and stuff like that, you know? Yes. The Jessica Simpsons of the world. Exactly. But at Agape, I will say, you know, this is a time I was really getting into film and movies and, okay. and kind of understanding the film industry a little more. Yeah. And I was like, the production value Ooh. at this church through the roof. Yeah, they really Big set screens, the scene for you. Like fades into different shots. They had like three cameras going. Okay. I mean, it was pretty incredible. Now remind me the name of this again. It's Agape. Agape. So Here, we that, can look it up. Please let's. Now you're saying now did this originate in California in LA or is this uh more from the um uh, I would say Eastern world and Hmm. Let's find out. LA I kind of adapted it because I've, no, I've never heard of this. I uh, had never heard of it either. I'd never heard of a, a church for like spiritual spirituality. Should we just jump off here as our topic? I mean, I had another topic all queued up and ready, but well, I don't, actually we've had some kind of religious episodes. They're not that fun. Sometimes we go down a Christian <laughs> hole and I don't like it. Re uh, religion, and I don't think I'm alone. Religion, it's a, it's a heavy topic. It is a heavy topic. As much as I plead to <laughs> to to take it as not, uh, it seems to always turn into a serious subject. But now, real quick, I want to know. I've okay, so I've never heard of a church for spirituality. Is this has this been on for a while? Like, is this what Madonna was on? Remember when she was like into Kabbalah or something? Hmm, I thought Kabbalah was Jewish related because she again, I'm not, I'm not religious, not familiar with. Yeah, well, we can only. You seem very religious, interested. <laughs> oh, the, um, I... <laughs> because you, you're asking multiple questions about multiple religions. I can't even get the explanation of the first one out, and you're already on to. Kabbalah. I'm I'm like I'm religiously vicarious. Mm, gross. Okay, so agape in Christianity, agape is the highest form of love, charity, and the love of God for man and of man for God. This is in contrast to philia, brotherly love, 
or some other word, self-love, as it embraces a deep and profound sacrificial love that transcends and persists regardless of circumstance. That's uh, Philadelphia was named after that. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's, they that's, call it the, that's the brotherly love portion. Right. Not the agape love. Not the agape. So, okay, so is this telling us that it is, it is what? It is like a, it's met like that term is mentioned in the bible or in the yeah Quran this or doesn't sound like what i went to this sounds like more of a term or a concept okay within christianity so i i, I hate think, to do this i think because of that you know humans took it as like oh let's we should have a temple to worship this kind of spirituality yeah i guess based on the overall concept of agape but Ah, the Agape Church of Los Angeles. I don't want to go off of Wikipedia, like leave Wikipedia for no. other information. We can't leave campus. So if can't leave if campus. it's not in here, I'm sorry. It's not relevant or real. We'll just have to go by my perception. Now, Agape is a church that embraces spirituality with tremendous production value. Again, I feel like... A big part of why I was not interested in, in, in at least the church, because there's, I feel like there's a huge difference between religion and then the actual location, the church going process. Yeah. There's a lot of people that actually are about the religion, but they're like, I don't need to go there Sundays to worship. Like God is everywhere all around, right? Mm, interesting, because for me, the only reason I would find myself going to church now is for the architecture. Okay, but that's a totally different interest. Exactly. Yeah. Let's go to, let's get off of Agape. I mean, this was just to say all first timers to WikiU are welcome. Yes. So my topic today, Jason, we're just going to jump around from here. So if something interests you do it. after this, this isn't like a big hard hitting topic. It's a tree. A tree? It's called Elpino or oh. the pine tree for... Uh, me and my Anglo the folks. The layman terms. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's a, a specific tree in Los Angeles. Oh, I thought pine trees were just pine trees. Like I don't know why it's called Alpino because it's it's not a pine tree. Okay. Now is I this... guess it is a type of pine tree, but not in the traditional sense. Okay, because when I think pine tree, I just think of the um, Christmas tree. Well, no, the the um, what's it called? Those car fresheners. Oh, yeah. Well, that looks like a Christmas tree, right? That's more of a spruce, I think. Okay. So here's what this looks like. Okay. I like that. And it does look very penile. Oh. <laughs> well, I guess El Pino does sound like penile. So if you want to make that leap in logic, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that, 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 or maybe it's uh, maybe I'm just uh, um, projecting. You know, I was oh. that was my nickname, El Pino. Yeah. <laughs> Is Back that right? Yep, yep, I was a huge dick in high school. So. Whoa, yeah, yeah. man, that's tough. Yeah. I grew into it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And then grew back out of it? <laughs> yeah. Shrunk out of it? I shrunk out of it, yeah. Okay, so El Pino is a large bunya pine located on the southeastern corner of Folsom Street and North Indiana Street in East Los Angeles, California. Wait, it's one tree? One tree, baby. This is the last species of this tree? No. This oh. is just one tree at one location. Oh, so that the article has a name. Oh, okay. Like not all of these, not this species of tree. This is a bunya pine, but I knew it as a. Oh, I thought you meant. I thought you were saying that this type of tree is El Pino. 
No, no. Like, this... oh, you see that? That's an El Pino pine tree. No, this is more like the Pino. Got it, got it. Yeah. Okay, this is like the El Pino is the title of this tree, but the type of tree is, what, what was it again? Well, I always knew it as a monkey puzzle tree. Okay, I can see that. So the Latin name for it, which I don't know. Oh boy, I don't even think I can pronounce this. And I went you don't to speak Latin I words? went to tree school. Tree school. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. I have a degree in landscape yeah. architecture, but I don't know what you know about plants. But around the world, if you use the Latin name, mm. theoretically everyone understands what that plant is. Whereas if you say monkey American. puzzle tree. <laughs> Some people might know it as monkey puzzle tree. Right, Other right. people might know it as bunya pine. Mm. Other people might know it as alpino. Right, right. So you want to go old school. You want to go Latin on it. Theoretically, much yeah. like the church. And we're back. Hey, <laughs> I right. like that. And everything goes back a little bit to the Latin, to the Latinese. A little bit. Yeah. The Latinese. Yeah, but people. <laughs> okay, so yeah, this is in Boyle Heights uh, in Los Angeles. And it's on top of a small hill. Here's the history. Mm. The tree, a mature bunya pine, grows on the former property of Dr. Okuno, a Japanese dentist and intern in a World War II concentration camp. Following release, Dr. Okuno received the land as a gift from an Anglo woman with whom his wife worked. There he rebuilt his business and amassed a huge library. After retiring, he took long strolls around East Los Angeles, greeting everyone and amusing the children with storytelling. Dr. Akuno is listed in the California Who's Who. Whoa. I don't know what the California Who's Who, but next to it it says, Better Source Needed. (laughs) (laughs) On Dia de lo... Uh, I need uh, to go to our Spanish correspondent here. Dia de los Inocentes, I believe it's the Day of the uh, Innocent Ones. Oh, that sounds religious, so we're not going to go to that next. (laughs) So on Dia de los Inocentes Inocentes, in December 2020, an online rumor spread that a real estate developer was planning to fell the tree as part of a new housing development. Oh, no. Although the rumor was false... It sparked outrage among the locals, enough for them to petition the city to, quote-unquote, save El Pino from being cut down. Nice. Our gas... Save my Pino. That was the, uh, <laughs> that was the marketing... There were a few people there with the wrong signs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were really... <laughs> I thought they were coming to cut my Pino down and build condos on my crotch. Yeah, there was a big sign. I remember uh, driving by a big sign that said, uh, hands off our Pino. Pino. <laughs> What is it, Pino? Pino. Yeah. Uh, Pinocchio. Art Gastelum, a local resident who owns the property on which the tree stands, reassured locals that he has no intentions to develop the property. And that's the person who owns it now, the property. Yeah, that's Art. Maybe we should take a WikiU field trip and meet him there. That wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad. I mean, it's a vacant lot, but we'll email him ahead of time. But the tree's still there. The tree's still there, yeah. That's That's all we need. And here it is as an East Los Angeles landmark. The people in East Los Angeles consider the tree a living monument of the area's multifaceted ethnic background. The area is known for having the highest proportion of Hispanic Americans out of any city or census-designated place in the United States outside of Puerto Rico. I didn't know that about Boyle Heights. They say it like it's problematic. Oh, no, that's just how I read it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was just how I felt naturally. That was in my heart, in my agape. (laughs) In your agape. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry get, about that. Gotta get that agape check, bro. Let me try that again. The area is known for having the highest proportion of Hispanic Americans out of any city or census designated place in the United States outside of Puerto Rico, which I love. Keep smiling. In in recent years, the tree has also become a symbol of community resistance to the gentrification of the neighborhood. Yay. Uh, you're just north of that, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but you're coming Whoa, in close. Jason, don't give out my location. Yeah, How dare you? That's you, your mantra. You're. Well, so, I know. You, you're in Sacramento. I shouldn't have said yeah, anything. That is, yeah, I'm in Oregon. <laughs> just north of it. <laughs> uh, in pop culture, the El Pino is extensively featured in the 1993 Taylor Hackford movie Blood In, Blood, Blood Out. Out. Have you seen that? I haven't. Oh. No. <laughs> it was just very predictable, yeah. evidently. Yeah. No, I've been I've been um, told to see it. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you, I looked at it it's when like I a, was. Oh, it's looking... a well known like like the boys of the boys of the hood of of, of, of Boyle Heights of the Boyle Heights yeah area. That makes sense. Um, unfortunately, it did bomb at the box office. Hey, man. People just weren't ready for that. I, I was going to say it was probably too far ahead of its time because right now I bet it would kill at the box office. What they should I, re-release. Yeah, just like they did a West Side Story. Okay, we got to move on here, Jason. That's the end of the article. That's the end of uh, my, pin- my Pinot? Your Pinot. Okay. We're at the tip. We've reached the end. We've reached the tip and this article... And the jokes related to it are slowly much, shrinking. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> similar to, <laughs> as a lady would <laughs> say, peanut. we're getting diminishing returns here. <laughs> um, so let's move on. We could just go to East Los Angeles. I think I don't think we need to do that. We've practically lived there. We'll go, yeah, we'll go on a field trip for sure. We could go to online rumor. We could go to real estate developer. Online rumor. So that's different from a regular rumor, for sure. In what way? It still hurts people. I don't know. Maybe an online rumor could spread where it sounds like your pino is bigger than it actually is. Then maybe it doesn't hurt so much until people find out the truth. Is it bullying? I'm so sorry, Jason. It took me to just rumor. Okay. A rumor Mm. is a tall tale of explanations of events circulating from person to person and pertaining to an object, event, or issue in public concern. In the social sciences, a rumor involves a form of a statement whose veracity is not quickly or ever confirmed. In addition, some scholars have identified a rumor as a subset of propaganda, sociology, psychology, and communication studies have widely varying definitions of rumor. Sounds like there's rumors about rumor. Yeah, no one can get their story straight. (laughs) Exactly. Rumors are also often discussed with regards to misinformation and disinformation. The former often seen as simply false and the latter seen as deliberately false, though usually from a government source given to the media or a foreign government. Oh, so disinformation Mm. is the fun one. Misinformation just kind of takes on a life of its own, though. Yeah, it just kind of snowballs in and then we don't know who's president after that. Oh, okay. So the image here... Wait, I'm sorry. What that one went over my head. <laughs> I just say, you know, it think... snowballs in, and we don't know who's president. Well, after not that? don't know, but then that next thing you know, it's like, what a surprise! Are information you... gets lost. Oh, okay. So here's an or I image. Say wrong information gets told. 
Wow. Right? That's a rumor. I mean, you're confusing me, and I feel like you're trying to get some misinformation or <laughs> disinformation into my head. And it's not going to work, Jason, because I'm too dumb. Misinformation this fall on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the White House. She's single and in the White House. What? Spreading lies. <laughs> <laughs> Spreading lies on the DC dating scene. Misinforma- misinformation? Misinformation. Yeah, okay. She, yeah. And then it just, third season, she's, uh, she's like um, a 411 operator. Wait, what's she a 411 is, operator? She's misinformation. <laughs> okay. And she is the 411 operator. Do you know what 411 is? I don't really know what 411 is. I oh. guess you, do, you that's in DC. So 411 no is literally information. Like hey, what's the 411 on Oh, but you can dial like 411. I don't know now, but bef- I mean in the past you could dial 0 and you get an operator. But oh. now, yes, I believe 411 you can get some sort of information. <laughs> Some, <I> think, <laughs> something's going to happen. There will be a person there. I dare you to try. Should we try right now, live? Verizon Wireless 411 search. This call may be monitored or recorded. And 411 works up on me. every time. They hung up on me. That You saw that, right? I saw that. They hung up on you. You didn't hang up on them. All right. That's... Try not Ouch. to get your information from them. Yeah, you're getting some disinformation from them. Okay, so I see on the image here, it says... I feel that... dissed. Oh, that's yeah. all right, Jason. The uh, next phone call will go... We'll no. call 911 next time. Okay. Hi, 411 hung up on me. <laughs> this is an, an emergency. emergency. I see an image here, the 1930s Works Progress Administration poster de- depicts a man with WPA shovel attacking a wolf labeled rumor do you want to go to works progress administration that's i I like that logo can i see a logo i'm gonna get that tattooed yo anything attacking an animal looks cool what's wph again wpa is the works progress administration do you want to find out more about it i know let's see what they do a bit so what kind of work they do who are they helping out okay so we're on the works progress administration the wpa renamed in 1939 as the Works Projects Administration, was an American New Deal agency. Uh, They employed millions of job seekers, mostly men who were not formerly educated, to carry out public works projects, including the construction of public buildings and roads. It was set up on May 6, 1935, by presidential order as a key part of the second New Deal. Wait, there's part two? Part two, the sequel. They were like, this is first New Deal... Made so much money. Let's do a second deal. Wait, hold second on. I really, deal. I haven't heard about this. I mean, I'm sure maybe I did. I just uh, does not <laughs> ring a bell. So the second deal. What about the? Couldn't new- have been as good as the first deal. Was Wait, it? are you familiar you with the new much. deal? The new deal. Yeah, that new new. You've he- have you heard about the new deal yes, or not? Yes, yes. Now I've never heard about the second new deal either. Okay. It probably just got rolled into the new deal. They probably were just in? like, let's re up. Yeah, <laughs> let's re up this deal. Well, the second New Deal is a term used by historians, so not most So not official, people. like, not official, okay, okay. Not on paper, it didn't say, like, deal, you know, um, I, I. Deal or second New Deal? And yeah. Howie Mandel is playing this history game. He's hosting <laughs> this history game yeah. where he's quizzing historians, and he tells them the projects were that were built by the WPA. Yeah. 
It's a game show where you get to decide whether the U.S. economy comes back or not. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. <laughs> and if it doesn't, you have to jump out of a Wall Street building. Ooh, raw deal. The second New Deal is a term used by historians to characterize the second stage, 1935 to 1936, of the New Deal programs of President FDR. The most famous law includes the Emergency Relief Appropriation Act, the Banking Act, the Wagner National Labor's Relation Act, the Public Utility Holding Companies Act, the Social Security Act, and the Wealth Tax Act. So that's the second New Deal. Okay. We're back on the WPA. The WPA's first appropriation in 1935 was $4.9 billion, about $15 per person in the U.S., about 6.7% of the 1935 GDP. It was headed by Harry Hopkins. The WPA supplied paid jobs to the unemployed during the Great Depression in the United States while building up the public infrastructure of the U.S., such as parks, schools, and roads. We should have another WPA. Why not, right? Sounds like this deal was pretty solid. Lots of money behind it. I see here it was liquidated on June 30th, 1943 because of, get this, low unemployment during World War II. Wait, so what was liquidated? The WPA. The whole... How much was it? <laughs> I don't know. what They had a lot of shovels and pickaxes, so, you know, they got some cash for it, I guess. Okay. Damn. Yeah. Well, you know, they sent everyone to the new WPA, also known as the U.S. Army, mm. and new employment. And so how long, was, uh, how long did it last for? So how long I, was it active? It went from 1935 to 1943, and its peak employment was 3.3 million people in 1938. And so what were the specific reasons for it ending in uh, in 43? Oh, I think they didn't have enough people that wanted to do it. Is because that people were already at war? No, we already... Did we finish the war? No, we didn't finish the war. We, we finished that in years? 1945, I believe. When So I guess a lot of the able bodies needed to go out fight the war, right? That I'm sure people fought the war. The economy came back with the war because there was a lot of spending and the economy just, you know, comes back after depressions right. and people had they were employed, gainfully employed. Not only that, more women were employed during the war too. Because right, because, because men were gone. We're off to sea and air. And land. Land. <laughs> the, the big three. The big three. That the big three was World War Two, right? What do you mean? Or was it one? Did, I guess they already had planes in one. Oh yeah, they had planes in World War One. The Red Baron Pizza guy. That's right. So do you want to go down to some of the projects and see if you've heard of any of these? Throw me a few. A few. Okay. Yeah. All right. Have you heard of a little place called the Griffith Observatory? Yeah, New Mexico. Yeah, I know that. Okay. Then there's the Timberline Lodge in Oregon's Mount Hood National Forest. Look at this. Oh, what a beautiful building that is. Look at all that stonework. That's a nice That's a nice day. <laughs> that's a nice day? Yeah. I mean, photo-wise. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, federal Project Number 1, a significant aspect of the Works Progress Administration was the Federal Project Number 1, which had five different parts. The Federal Art Project, the Federal Music Project, the Federal Theater Project, the Federal Writers Project, and the Historical Records Survey. Do you want to go to the Federal Writers Project? 
Yeah, the ones who got the least amount of grant money. I'm curious, like, what were they? Yeah, yeah, was yeah. this a propaganda effort? Mm, I'm gonna lean towards yes. The fact, <laughs> or it's at least bias, right? Uh, probably, okay. yeah. It's yeah. like, well, who's paying me, America? Hmm. I think I'm gonna write good things about America. Yeah, let's keep those rumors flying. <laughs> the Federal Writers Project, the FWP was a federal government project in the United States created to provide jobs for out-of-work writers during the Great Depression. It was part of the Works Progress Administration, the New Deal, blah, blah, blah. Let's see what they wrote. Oh, okay. Let's not move on just yet. Okay, what's up? Here's something they created. The American Guide Series, the most well-known of the FWP's publications, consisted of a guide to the then 48 states as well as the Alaska Territory, Puerto Rico, wow. and Washington, D.C. The books were written and compiled by writers from individual states and territories and edited by Allsberg and his staff in Washington, D.C., the format was generally uniform, and each guide included detailed histories of the state or territory with descriptions of every city and town, automobile travel routes, photographs, maps, chapters on natural resources. It was like Yelp. That's interesting, and it makes me think about how lucky we are to be alive where it's like similar to the encyclopedia conundrum where it's like at what point do you stop collecting these encyclopedias every year that they come out with a new volume yeah did they have like a yearly update on their state things to do because mm. because nowadays i mean technology moves so fast new buildings pop up new restaurants new activities yeah. whatever it may be it's nice to have this thing in the in the World Wide Web space where you can just kind of edit real quick. Yeah, yeah, rather yeah. Rather than having one to wait for the next you don't volume gotta, to come out. You don't got to call 411 and hope they understand you and that that business is still in business. Calling 411 now is like the it's like the encyclopedia. Yeah, let me just flip through the guidebook. Shut right. up, kids. I'm yeah. trying to see if Ambuela Ants is still playing or not. Right, when you can just easily look it up on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you remember also the, and I think we talked about it just a little bit, but about dialing to get the um, movie times? So I never you, did that. You never did that? We had them in the newspaper. My we parents always we never, did we, newspaper. We didn't always get the newspaper, so yeah. we would call, and we would, you know, it's funny because you don't, you kind of don't pick, you pick the movie theater. And then the movie theater tells you the times for all of the movies. You got to so sit and so listen. So you have to wait. Oh, you can't miss it. Can't miss it because if you miss it, you're going to a later movie. <laughs> well, no, if you miss no meaning, like you can't miss the time, like, like if you mishear it or if you don't hear it, you got to listen to the whole thing again. That's what I mean. You just go to another movie because you don't want to listen to the might whole well. thing again. At that point, might as well. You're right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to move on here, Jason? Yeah, let's do it. I feel like we've been recording for a little while, so we should probably wrap up. Somewhat soon. I don't know how you're feeling, though. I mean, if you got a lot of energy and you're excited about learning, we could continue. I'll do a little. I'll, I'll, I can always use a little bit more learning. Woo, woo, nerd alert. Oh, <laughs> whoa, easy there, Teach. Oh. You can't, you can't bully me, by the I, way. All right, sorry. Just I apologize. You know, sometimes the role of a teacher is to challenge a student through bullying. Yep, through bullying. Through bullying. Okay. Yeah, it's a different method of teaching. Right. I think you'll like this. A short-lived project of the FWP was the America Eats Project. Is that right? Which was a proposed book of the regional foodways, foodways, 
foodways. I don't know what a foodway is, but I assume it's like a corridor of food. Food kind of like ways. a roadway. Wait, so before the food pyramid, was it just a foodways? It was never no, ending. No, I think it's a f- a foodway is like, you know, like a railway is a way of rail. Okay. A roadway is a road that goes, and a foodway is like connecting food stops. I assume. Okay, that makes sense. For back, I have to get out of my modern head. Yeah, you know? get out I of your modern head. Yeah, get into my old school um pino yeah (laughs) yeah get in there so i went to america eats america eats was a project under the federal writers project so we 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 went for we're just getting sub projects here hey man there's a lot of projects to be done that we need to study uh let's see here the america eats was created in the late 1930s with the intention of producing a book regarding regional foodways the project was divided into five regions the northeast the south the middle west the far west and the southwest you gotta pick a desert island region for your food jason what are you picking a desert island or desert well you're on a desert island a waiter comes out and says, you you got to eat this for the rest of your days here on the island. Are you going, which region are you going? The Northeast. So you got Massachusetts, clam right. chowder, okay. uh, New York, pastrami, yeah. stuff like that. The right. South, you got fried chicken. Mm. The Middle West. Comfort food, baby. That's, the, oh, so that's it from the South, just fried chicken? Yeah, you're right. I'm in. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would, uh, I would go for but the keep, South. No, keep, keep going. I want to hear them the all. Midwest, mm-hmm. which uh, corn, steak, and corn, maybe, probably, yeah, Oklahoma. They're known for their steaks. I would argue some barbecue too. Yeah, for sure. St. Louis barbecue, probably. Yeah. The Far West, which I think is California, so tacos, Japan avocado. Is the farther. No, that's the Far East. Depends how you're looking at the map. Well, I would. Put Japanese food, though, in with the far west here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, And the southwest, which I think is like Tex-Mex. So what are you picking? So Okay, so I'm going to go some good old country cooking. Some southern. You're going southern. And I'll tell you why. Because you'll need a small... Now, you're saying I'm in a desert island. So I want to get full with the least amount of food. I feel like their portions are big. Yeah. So I'll have enough to kind of, you know, stretch out, quote unquote, one meal or one serving. I'll be able to stretch it out a little okay, bit. Okay. So y- they're, carb this... heavy, they're carb heavy. So there's a lot of macaroni and cheese, a lot of potatoes, yeah. gravy. I mean, that's not carb. Anyways, carb heavy is great for energy. I'm going to be on I'm going to be on a desert island. I'm losing I'm losing LBs by the minute. I'm not sure you are because uh, I don't know what the amount of food that they're bringing or how frequently you get it. This just is like your desert island food. So this is what you... All right, we could have done last prison meal. I Death mean, look, row meal. Look, I'm telling you, I can survive on a fried drumstick a day. Oh, wow. Okay. So... And we might have to try that out. Maybe some mashed potato. Okay. You want to do a, a 30-day challenge? I eat one drumstick every day for 30 days? <laughs> I kind of do. That's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. See how it goes. Yeah. I hope I you're alive. I can still drink water, though. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah salt water. You're on, on a desert island, of course. No, 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 no. we're going <laughs> purified water, baby. Okay, each region had a team of writers producing short essays discussing the foods and collecting interviews particular to a state. I think this is the WPA project I would have liked. 
It's so, like, oh, you got to go dig coal or pile rocks, or you can go around, eat food, and write about it. Yeah. These were the original food bloggers. That's what I was just about to say. This is the original. It's just blogs. Yeah. This is just blogs because, you know, they tell you what spots to hit, what's worth your time, what isn't, what's um the tourist traps, what's the, yeah. the what's already too popular, the hidden gems. They're telling you all about the hidden gems. Have you ever oh, yeah. you ever gone to a tourist trap and been wildly disappointed? I mean, yeah, most of Like I a believe. food tourist trap. Oh, food not No, not really. White Bones and I were traveling up uh through the Carolinas. There's a place called South of the Border. Yes. Oh, I Are know you that. Familiar yeah, with it? They, but they sell fireworks. Not they sell food. fireworks. They're known for their fireworks for sure. And <laughs> okay. I remember that as a kid because yeah. we would drive from Delaware to Louisiana sometimes because yeah. Dad don't fly. Dad don't fly. And I remember south of the border, it was like a good stop for the kids because there's fireworks galore. Not that it. I could buy any of them, but I loved looking at them. But and even then, that, the colors of fireworks, yeah. it's so uh, stimulating. It's yeah. like, somebody give me a match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they also had like a reptile area or something like that's that. That's right, that's so right. So I had some nostalgia about this, and White Bones and I went to a wedding in North Carolina or South Carolina, and we were coming back north, saw south of the border, and they're like, eating a sombrero. So we went to this stupid steakhouse to eat, that was to a giant eat in a sombrero. Yeah, that was a giant sombrero. And it was it was like we walked in and it felt like we walked into the eighties. Yeah. A yeah. time machine. Yeah. There's like a maitre D dressed up in basically a tux. Oh god. And it's empty. Totally dead. Why a t- if it's a Mexican restaurant, why is why are people in it's a tux? It's a steakhouse. But what's the sombrero then for? Well, it's south of the border. Everything's got to be South Mexican themed. Okay. So now are you saying was the table in the shape of a giant sombrero or was no, the, the plate in no, the no. shape of a sombrero? Think bigger, Jason. Bigger? Sombrero size? The building was a sombrero. Oh, we what? We ate inside a giant sombrero. Like it was made out of like like uh, hay and that kind of stuff? Like Let's uh, go to south of the border. Let's do it. <laughs> Which was not a WPA project. Hey, South of the Border is an Ed Sheeran song. I'm going to go to the attraction. (laughs) Oh, wait. Is he talking about his down there? I think so. Oh, come on, Ed. That's filthy. You filthy little ginger. Talking about the other firecracker. Oh, man. Does the curtain match the drapes, though? Uh, His firecracker, yeah. Whoo-wee. Yeah, light a match on that, too. (laughs) That would smell. Okay, South of the Border, the attraction, not Ed Sheeran's Pino. So, okay, real quick. Quick couple questions. Was this a south of the border restaurant or it's a restaurant that's in the uh, south of the border lot or premises i will say the south of the border amusement area okay so it wasn't like a a sanctioned south of the border restaurant it was it was yeah so it'd, it'd be like going to disneyland and there's a a sombrero that building that you can eat in got it in disneyland okay South of the Border is an attraction on Interstate 95 U.S. Highway 301 and U.S. 501 in Hamer, South Carolina, just south of Roland, North Carolina. It is so named because it is just south of the border between North Carolina and South Carolina and was the halfway point to Florida from New York in the early days of motor travel. 
The area is themed in faux Mexican style. The rest area contains restaurants, gas stations, a video arcade, motel, truck stop, a small amusement park, a mini golf course, shopping, fireworks stores, and a motocross training complex. Its mascot is Pedro, a caricature of a Mexican bandido. I'm sure it aged well. So when are we going? Because all this sounded amazing. I was just like, oh, holy shit. They got an arcade. They got fucking... uh, What was the other thing that piqued my interest? Um, Uh, Probably the motocross training complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, here's the design. The entire motif of South of the Border can be described as internationally campy. South of the Border is located, blah, blah, blah. Oh, here we go. Multiple souvenir shops, a campground, multiple restaurants, amusement rides, and a 200-foot observation tower with a sombrero-shaped observation deck. So that way you can get a better view of 95 from yeah. above. We're yeah. going that way, kids. Yeah. You can almost see Florida if you're looking south. Yeah, true. At least in Atlanta. So this is something I remember. It is also home to Reptile Lagoon, mm. the largest indoor reptile exhibit in the U.S. Now, I believe, Jason, when you first moved to L.A., you went to a reptile convention, didn't you? We did at the uh, like crypto center or whatever it was. So you're a reptile fan. I'm a, I'm a reptile head. I'm a rep head. Or were you just reptile curious? Rep curious. Well, I'm beyond curious. I owned a reptile at one point. Remember seven oh, years? Oh, yeah. You owned I seven iguanas. I killed six iguanas. The last one survived and lasted for, I think, almost 10 years. And he did come up to at least a seven foot, three inches or so. Oh, wow. Here's the history. South of the Border was developed by Alan Schaefer in 1950. He had founded South of the Border Depot a beer stand at the location in 1949 adjacent to Robeson County, which was at one time one of the many dry North Carolina counties. That must be exhausting to live in a dry county. I bet. Oh, my God. Just having people over for dinner and you're like, can you go get some wine? Yeah, I'll drive two hours. My world kind of changed, not completely changed, but it's just very convenient to be able to buy liquor at a grocery store here. Oh, you can't do that in Virginia. Virginia, there is no liquor at grocery stores. There are ABCs. There are specifically oh, right. government-sanctioned buildings that sell alcohol. What a, a premium nightmare. Price. Right. Business was steadily expanded with Mexican trinkets and numerous kitsch... Kitsch? 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 How do you pronounce that? Kitsch? You're not showing kitsch. it to me. I don't know. <laughs> doesn't fucking look like Spanish. Anyway, what he was Spanish where it has TCH in it. I don't know. I think it's more Jewish, maybe. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go to Kitsch real I bet quick. You, okay, I bet you that means like um It's like knickknacky. Yeah, knickknack. Cheesy or, or something, yeah. Kitsch is a term applied. A little, little, hi, little hummel himmel, whatever, hummel, figurines, hummel yeah. figurines and yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean the image they have here is dogs playing poker. So uh <laughs> kitsch yeah. is a term applied to art and design that is perceived as Naive, imitation, gratuitous, or of banal taste. So probably like... Tacky. Those, just tacky shit. Like a, a beer billy bass. I'll one-up you and I'll say a velvet painting of Elvis. Yeah, yeah. Um, A elf on a shelf. Ooh, elf on a shelf. 
Well, here's where things get exciting. So this guy, you know, he's got Mexican trinkets coming in. He's got his beer stand. It's just expanding slowly, very organically. Right. The site itself also began to expand to include a cocktail lounge. So, you know, you're driving down the highway. You're like, I could use a little pick-me-up here. Yeah, I got seven. I got eight more hours of driving to do. <laughs> yeah, to Florida. Let me get a few cocktails in me. <laughs> A gas station, a souvenir shop. In 1954, they added a motel. In 1962, south of the border expanded into fireworks sales. Potentially... Oh, wow. That came late in the game. I guess. Uh, Over the years, the billboards with messages, some considered racist and offensive... Most considered racist. ...changed to become tamer, while still retaining the same tongue-in-cheek tone. Schaefer continued to deny his attraction was racist, citing the fact that he was known for hiring African Americans and even helping them to vote and standing up to the Ku Klux Klan. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like, no offense to the African Americans, but it seems like the Mexicans would get to weigh in on whether or not this was a racist situation here. Yeah, but clearly you know that he thought black people were Mexicans. <laughs> that's clearly what happened. Yeah. Like that's, he's like, I'm white. And then there's everyone else. He's, you know, they're like, what, two hours from Myrtle Beach. They've never seen an actual Mexican. You know, they don't know. So they figured, yeah, the, they figured the person from Atlanta, they're like, oh, <laughs> close, like that's enough. Me- close enough. <laughs> And I wonder what like they um you mentioned like they tamed it or whatever like what where what was it before like was it just well I like like everybody has to have Mexican accents like I, what was well so it was egregious. the billboard so the billboards, you, okay if you have an if the billboard to you has a Mexican accent then you're flaring it up a little when you read it out loud but I do believe they. Well, let's go to the mascot here because I think the billboards were related to the mascot known as Pedro. Right, right. Initially, Schaefer only used sombreros and sarapas in advertisements for South of the Border. However, after Schaefer hired two men he had met on a business trip to Mexico as bellboys, people began calling them Pedro and Pancho, leading to the development of the Pedro mascot. So they just, they didn't care honestly, what their name was. They're just like Pedro and Pancho. I got it. Honestly, I think Pe- Pedro's fine, but Pancho, I feel like, and I'm not saying that is not a Mexican name. I just feel like it's a very old school Mexican name. I think probably because people knew of Pancho Villa, which is, I, I don't exactly know, but I think Pancho Villa was a historical figure in the West or during like um, the during Texas's annexation from Mexico or where, you know, I don't know. But I think it's a known name. Okay. Schaefer himself had previously dismissed criticism that Pedro is an unfair characterization of Mexicans and argued that Pedro's design is a lighthearted joke for the whites. I mean, honestly, I can't even, like, you know what would have been worse, though? He could have easily have just caricaturized the sombrero itself. At oh. least, at least, there's some sort of human touch wearing the sombrero. Wearing the sombrero, <laughs> wearing. I feel like he could have easily have just stick a couple of eyes on the sombrero, yeah, throw on a smile on it, and suddenly that's the product or that's the mascot. Mm. Rather than now, of course, does a person, even if it's a cartoon, is that should that be a mascot? I don't know. Anyway, that is south of the border. 
And I, I think we're good on the episode, unless you have any other questions you want to learn about South of the Border. We can't go further here. Uh, no, no. I've been, I think I've been there once real quick. Not Nothing. I didn't, you know, sit down for uh, a sombrero steak. Yeah. But I was there for like maybe 15 minutes on my way down to Myrtle. To pee. To pee and to just, yeah, check. Maybe I think I, I'm fairly sure I bought like a pack of firecrackers. All right, yeah. nice. Is he still? Is the bellboy still there? Is he working there? I would highly doubt it. Oh, I mean, this is, yeah. he was there in the '60s. If if he's still totally there, I that. feel terrible for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Okay, well, hey, that was uh, quite the ride. We learned a lot of what a white lie can be and turn into, which is a rumor, a rumor, dirty, dirty rumor, misinformation, dis information guys you guys if you have any rumors to spread or any rumors that you've heard why don't you hit us up dm us on our instagram and or our tiktok sure why not why not uh please don't forget to rate and review us uh on apple podcast or spotify that's where they can add rumors every little bit helps guys and uh don't forget if you haven't mentioned it to a friend when you go ahead and do that for us huh and uh, please don't forget to like and subscribe yeah and call 411 and tell them to like and subscribe to <laughs> yeah why not doesn't hurt all right bye Later.